Hey everybody, welcome to the Gen Con 2016 preview video. I'm going to be doing something a little bit different this year. Now I'm not able to attend the convention this year. I did it the last four years uh, for a number of reasons I can get into or not get into. I'm not going to go this year. Uh, so a little bit heartbroken about that. A little bit excited for the break because I do spend a lot of time running around and getting videos, which is actually really fun, but it's also very exhausting. And I also have a great time, obviously, um, playing games with some of my friends there and some friends that I've made over the years. So I am 100% going to miss that. If I start bawling later, that's why. <laughs> I'm not gonna ball, but I am a little bit heartbroken about that, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, but this year, I'm still gonna do some kind of coverage. So I put together my top 20 uh, most anticipated games. Now, some of these games, you might see them over here on the shelf. I've played, I've reviewed, I've already got them. I'm gonna play them, I'm gonna review them. I've got more coming. So I've been in contact with publishers and most of them, or all of them, have been uh, very receptive to you know getting me the games as they can. Now, not everybody is going to do that because a lot of them are air shipping the games, for example, uh, to the convention, and so that is obviously their top priority. So they're all going there, and I may get some like during the convention, and I'll try to play those and review those as you know as quick as I can. I'm not going to try to rush it, but so I will be reviewing some games here in the next coming weeks. As the time I'm recording this, Gen Con is just a little bit over two weeks away, uh, so there definitely be some more reviews and stuff from. From the list uh, that I'm going to share here and then probably some after and honestly one or two of these you probably won't see a review for until sometime in the fall so some of these are just going to be available for demo so if this video is kind of geared towards people that are going and you can get there and buy the game or you can get there at least demo these games and these are games that I think either I played in or excellent or I expect to be excellent obviously so let's just jump into the top 20 and one quick two-second honorable mention is Fantasy Flight Games. So who knows what they're bringing? They're nowhere on this list because nobody has any clue and they're always very quiet. So I'm sure something that they would announce would make the list, but I don't have any of their games here. So everybody knows that usually. If you're familiar with Gen Con, Fantasy Flight always you know, has like a surprise announcement the week before and then some kind of surprise announcement the day of and then some kind of announcement on the Saturday and all that stuff. So uh, let's jump into number 20 and this is actually Medici. This is actually getting a reprint. Uh, the artist who did uh, Lewis and Clark and Discoveries and several other games, Vincent Dutre, he is doing the art from Medici. They've gone back to uh, sort of the card system versus the tiles, and it looks awesome. Medici is one of my favorite games. It was in my top 100, and they also are releasing, I think this is just for demo, the Medici card game. So number 20 is kind of a two-entry type of thing. Uh, so. I highly recommend Medici. It's a very kind of dry auction game, but it doesn't take very long to play and it's immediately like chewable. You can get right into it. The rules are very simple and then it's kind of all about the auctioning and when to push the auctions. I've done a review of, I think it was the Mayfair or Rio Grande edition or something a couple of years ago. Uh, definitely check it out, but I'm excited for this new version because <laughs> the game has always looked terrible it looks awful every edition i thought i had the best edition at the time and it yeah i guess i mean it looks okay but like compared to the other medicis it looks amazing but this one looks you know fantastic so they've really done a good job with it um and i'll do some kind of maybe quick quick micro review uh when i get my copy of the uh you know the new edition and then the card game i think is just going to be for demo so that might be a while for a review on that one 
Uh, number 19 is the new Versus System two-player card game expansion. Uh, this is kind of a little kind of one-shot offshoot. Now, all of the sets so far have been Marvel Universe-based, but this is called the Alien Battles, and this is uh, just kind of like a two-deck kind of thing. I'm not quite sure on the exact contents, but it's basically aliens and space marines. You can play them head-to-head, -head. so it's a nice kind of quick... Uh, you know way to get into it and I, you can mix these cards, you know with the other versus stuff So you could have aliens versus X-Men which would actually be kind of cool because The aliens or the X-Men had a storyline where they fought the brood and that was sort of like fighting the Zerg or an aliens type of thing So that could kind of work um, so I'm really excited because these kind of one-shot offshoots tend to be uh, kind of cool. They used to be very cool back in the old days with Versus with Hellboy and uh, some of the other ones. And the Aliens uh, Legendary game was actually awesome. I thought it was I actually enjoyed that more than um, you know than the Marvel one. It was really they did a really good job of sort of tweaking the system a little bit uh, to work with that. So I'm very excited about this. A nice small package and maybe a nice way to introduce uh, yourself to Versus if you haven't played you know the superhero thing. So that's number 19. Uh, number 18, kind of in a similar vein, is the new Mage Wars Arena set. And I think it was only last year that the first set came out. So it's been a year. And it's been some time since we've seen uh, Mage Wars uh, sets released. The uh, the Academy it was actually released last year too. Uh, so this is Paladin versus Siren. And I I love everything for this game. And I just love the, the toolkittiness of it. You know, new uh, mages with new spells and everything just to kind of throw into the mix so i'm very much looking forward to that being kind i haven't played mage wars in a while um, you know usually when an expansion or something comes out i'll, I'll play it for a little bit again after that and uh, it's been a while since they've released anything so I ha it's kind of been sitting on my shelf uh, and i have you know had a hankering to get it out so uh billy if you're watching <laughs> then maybe we should play it again here in a couple of weeks all right so uh, that was uh number 17 and now is uh codenames pictures uh, Codenames was a, obviously a big hit last year, and the Codenames Pictures is the same game, but instead of words on the table, you have pictures. And I'm very excited to try to, uh, you know, ingest that and grasp that and, you know, really go through the mental gymnastics of trying to do kind of free association on, you know, kind of like a Rorschach test where you just throw some images at you and you're like, hmm, how do these relate? And you have to kind of come up with ways. And so I feel like that's going to be kind of an interesting stretch because you've got to come up with the relationship and then everybody else has to kind of realize the relationship. Whereas, you know, words, that's going to, you know, activate a different side of your brain. So I'm really excited to look at uh, Codenames Pictures. And like my gut kind of tells me that I will like that more just because it's a little bit more free flowing uh, somehow. But who knows? It's just, you know, it's kind of an interesting thought experiment kind of thing. Uh, the number 16 is a Bloodborne the card game. Uh, this is uh, designed by Eric Lang and it's uh, based on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox uh, One game. And I hate the video game because it's really freaking hard. I have a PlayStation 4 and everybody at the time when I picked up the PlayStation 4 was just about the time the video game came out. And the graphics and like the creatures and everything that you fight in the game are amazing and like the ways that you can use the abilities are amazing. 
but it has like that old school thing where you know you go along a certain bit and then you just keep dying at this one part and you've got to kind of master it and then go back and then work your way through and but maybe you haven't quite mastered it so you die again but you just get like a little tiny bit further and I think if I was like 20 instead of 40, I'd be all over that thing. And I probably would have, you know, tried to blow through it in a month or so or however long. And so the game is really good. I just hate it. <laughs> so, but the way the card game kind of sounds is it's sort of similar in that it's supposed to be really, really hard and kick your butt all over the place. But just reading from the description thing, it really kind of reminds me of The Grizzled, where you're kind of cooperatively um, throwing down with, uh, you know, these random monsters, and you can kind of uh, have, like, these save and checkpoints and kind of cash in some of your your wounds, and, and then it's sort, of, sort of like saving the video game and then kind of moving along and sort of eking your way forward. And I kind of sounds really interesting to me to do that kind of in a co-op sense. Um, so, um, you know, it's not so dexterity-oriented, obviously, like a video game. And I'm not like locked in my little box just yelling at a TV screen. I've got people around me to share in our misery. So that's a little bit easier to digest. Um, so I'm very interested to see how this translates and uh, and how that works. And the art and everything looks really cool. So, And I kind of like a little bit of darkness in my theme. So I like that. So uh, number 15 is Beyond Baker Street. Uh, this is coming from Z-Man Games. And this is kind of a Hanabi um, riff. Uh, so Hanabi is that game where you hold the cards away from you and you can only see the other players cards and you've got to kind of give clues and then play the cards down in a certain order uh, this has that type of mechanic and you also saw it in bomb squad last year which uh, which definitely would be in my top 100 games bomb squad would if i were to redo my list and uh, so i like that mechanic quite a bit and this is kind of has like perfect theme for it and it has a little bit more on top of that core mechanic where you have these different kind of case files that you're going for and you're sort of competing against uh sherlock holmes and trying to solve the case you know within a certain you know certain skill level uh so i i'm very much looking forward to this and i think it could be uh more of a replacement for hanabi than bomb squad because bomb squad was a real-time thing not everybody likes that it's very stressful you know the whole countdown and uh, speed of play is kind of kind of interfere with your mental thinking uh, so i think this would be a little bit more lighter and easier and just from you know the videos and rules and everything that i've seen uh, i'm really excited for this that was number 15. Uh, number 14 is The Dragon and Flagon. Now this is from Stronghold Games. Uh, designed by Jeff Engelstein and uh, possibly one or more members of his family. I'm not sure. I do know Jeff was involved. Uh, this one uh, well, kind of hits me on twofold because the theme of it is really cool. It's kind of like a bar brawl theme. But it's also got sort of like a 3D element where you're like in the bar and you're moving, uh, you know, your characters around and fighting and throwing chairs or whatever. And everybody's got a little character card and you've got some different card play kinds of things going on there. Um, so the theme of it, I got to say, is kind of pulling me in more than what I know about the mechanics, which is very little. Um, but I've liked a lot of stuff um, that the angle scenes have come out with, with all the Space Cadets things in the Ares Project. And so I'm very interested to see how they approach this because I, I tend to like their approach. They're not like, let's throw a mechanic first. They do kind of lead theme first and then rely on a sound, uh, you know, mechanisms to back that up. And the theme is, that's, that's an awesome theme. And I could see my lunch group really getting a kick out of playing uh, this bar brawl kind of thing. But it scales up to, I think, eight players. So it could be a nice kind of filler to, you know, in, in, in a game night kind of 
uh, atmosphere. And I think the theme will lend itself to uh, folks maybe relaxing a little bit on the take that side. I know I certainly immediately relax a little bit where it's like, oh, you know, you did something mean to me, like threw a chair at me or tripped me or whatever we might do. But, you know, we're, well, we're in a bar brawl. So, you know, all, all bets are off. So I can get into that. Uh, number 13 is only going to be there for demo. I actually had a chance to demo it at VGGCon last year. And this is Chronicles uh, 1, so the first game in the Chronicles series, and this is called Origins. Now this is being co-designed by Dirk Niemeyer, who uh, does a lot of designs for Artana games, and also Rob Davio, of course, of Risk Legacy, Pandemic Legacy, Seafall, and a bunch of other games as well. Uh, so I really enjoyed the demo that we got last year, and that was like of the first iteration. Now what this is, is it's a legacy game, but it's stretched over five actual games. So there's five boxes and you might be able to buy, I don't know, one a year, let's say. Who knows if they'll come out that fast. But they're gonna kinda queue it up, I think. I think the Kickstarter's gonna start, maybe it won't even launch till next year, cause I know they're, they're probably <laughs> in like a world of balanced nightmare, you know. Cause I understand legacy games are really hard to balance, so I can't imagine balancing five. Uh, but I recommend going and checking out the demo because what the demo is, if it's, I don't know if it's changed, but it was everybody would kind of have their own little tribes and then you played a game and there was kind of a winning tribe. And so the idea is that you would play that particular game five to eight times and then you'd flip the board over and there's actually a second game in that first box. And then you'd play kind of a more advanced civilization, but pulling those tribes from the first five or eight games and then you pick and choose those and then you would play through that. So it's kind of a civilization game, which also, you know, hits all my, my buzz points. And, but it's stretched into a legacy game. So the concept's really cool. And it sounds like each game's gonna have a different set of mechanics. So they're gonna be kind of different games. Um, so I like the idea, I like the audacity of it. Um, so I definitely recommend if you can swing by the Artana booth and you have some time, definitely give that one a demo and give them feedback. Cause I know it, that's really important. I think with this kind of game is the amount of play testing that goes in. So, and I, I had a really good time though. We had a, we had a fantastic time uh, playing. I played a game with uh, Lance and some other folks at the table. I don't remember cause it was a big group of us and we split up and uh, Lance cheated, but he won, so <laughs> no, he didn't cheat. Uh, anyway, so the number 12 is Siege of the Citadel. And this is actually kind of a redo of an old game. Uh, this was like a miniatures game. If you think kind of like that that primo Ameritrash era of the late 80s and 90s, where you had like Hero Quest and Warhammer Quest, this was another one of those games, uh, Mutant Chronicles Siege of the Citadel. Now this is actually designed by Richard Bork, who does all the Commands and Colors games and several other games. Uh, but it's also got, I believe Kevin Wilson and Eric Langer both helping on the design. The thing that intrigues me about this, I never played the original, was it's kind of like one part Hero Quest, one part sort of co-op or something, because what happens is each player kind of takes turns playing the Overlord, and then you have your little you know group that you're trying to you know rise up in, in the different levels in this sort of future cyberpunky kind of type of world, which kind of feels kind of very Shadowrun-ish, so to speak. I, I think the Mutant Chronicles. Um, universe has been expanded upon. I think there's some role-playing games and stuff on that. So I like that concept. That's a very, again, very different concept of, you know, this time I'm the bad guy and next time you're the bad guy. And then, but that's all within the context of the cohesive game. So you don't always have to be the overlord, but you know, it's part of the game. So that is Siege of the Citadel. And that is going to be for demo as well. Uh, and I believe they're launching a Kickstarter 
at Gen Con or around Gen Con too, but that one's got me very, very intrigued just because of everything I just said. Uh, number 11 is America, and that's it right here. And I had a chance to play this the other day, and I'm gonna play it a couple more times, and then I'll review it here probably in a week or so. Uh, but it's a lot like Terra, if you've played that, or Fauna, if you've played that. Uh, this is obviously fo focused on America, so there's a lot of trivia, but if you don't like trivia games, then I would still check this out because it's kind of, it's not a, quite accurate, but it's kind of like a Euro game slash trivia game where you've got some area control or area worker placement kind of stuff happening where you, you have a question and then people are placing cubes on different areas or geographic regions and also these different tracks. So it might be, you know, when was the first railroad, uh, you know, launch the United States and then you know you have a little year track and people are putting that and so you can lose the cubes and you get the cubes back and and all that kind of stuff and you get a certain amount of points you don't have to be quite right I think the thing says a trivia party game where close counts and so I like that I like this concept of of this and we had a we've had a ton of fun playing Terra it's still on my shelf uh, so I'll definitely do a review of this before the convention starts uh, so you get a closer idea of it but uh, definitely excited about that one uh, number 10 is Craft Wagon, which isn't here, but I will have a review up. I'm pretty sure. I don't like to promise 100%, but I should have a review up before Gen Con. Uh, this was actually, I believe, an Essen release last year. It's being brought over by Stronghold this year. Uh, the designer is Matthias Kramer, and he's done several games that I like. I've still got one of them on my shelf, and that's Lancaster. And uh, this seems a little bit like Glenmore, which... Man, I played the heck out of that. I probably played it about 20 times or so. And then it, the design like fell off a cliff for me. And I think it's just because that's the space of it. It just kind of grew. And I was like, well, I've got this down. <laughs> uh, so, but that was a very kind of medium light Euro game, which had an interesting mechanic that this has. But this has like a little bit more bolted on top of that from what I see. And that's the thing where you have this sort of uh, track where you take the action. So if I leap ahead on this track and I go like pull this tile, let's say, or take this action, then the last place person will take it. And he may skip ahead of some players and whoever's in the last then will skip ahead. So if you're in last and you kind of slow boat your way up the track, then you can take a couple of turns, but you might be tempted to leapfrog and grab that really key tile. So there's a balancing there. It's kind of similar to the sort of the track as in Through the Ages as the cards come out. You might spend extra actions to grab that one early, but you know, you're kind of wasting your actions. And so this one's themed about kind of the early car industry, uh, kind of along the same lines as Automobile by Martin Wallace. Um, but this is a little bit more, I guess you could say it's a little more abstracted. Um, and it's got some different roles and things that you can do and you can like race your car. So you're kind of trying to balance, uh, you know, the kind of construction of the new cars and also racing them on this track. And it plays over three rounds, similar to Glenmore. So it looks like he's kind of reinvigorated that design, which, which is cool. I like that because I really loved Glenmore for a while and I would play it again. If somebody brought it out, I'd be like, yeah, let's play that. Cause it's been a couple of years. Um, but yeah, so I would definitely take a look at that. One of the few uh, Euro slash strategy games on this list because it is Gen Con. Uh, next one is along those lines is number nine, and that is Scythe, which is here. Um, this one I'm going to play tomorrow, so I'm very excited about that because it's this game has a ton of hype behind it. And uh, so I will definitely, again, not 100%, but I will probably have a review done of Scythe um, and probably in a week or so. And um, so I'm very excited. Everybody's excited for Scythe. I was, I'll be honest with you, the amount of hype it was getting, I started to become very, very nervous or doubtful that it was actually a good game. Uh, but I've watched, uh, let's see, um, I've watched two videos on it. One was uh, Rodney's Watch It Played video. 
and so I remember the other video, but I forget. Uh, so, oh, Nick from, uh, Nick, I was trying to remember his first name, Nick from Board Game Brawl. Uh, also a good video. I'll watch both those videos and then watch mine, hopefully. But uh, very much sold on the game. Now that I've kind of seen it a little bit more in action, I kind of have a better expectation. Because this has this kind of conflict of like, is it a war game? Is it a Euro game? You know, there's a lot of kind of inspired by Terra Mystica, which I really enjoy. It's also still on my shelf. Um, so I'm very excited about that. And I like that kind of, again, it's a little bit of audaciousness there to kind of push that that boundary between those two genres. Uh, so anyway, a lot of people are excited about Scythe and I certainly am. Uh, number eight, I've actually already played and reviewed and that is Star Trek Panic. Uh, really was impressed by this and I think people should really take a look at this one. Uh, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, you don't necessarily need to be into Star Trek um, but I think it certainly helps, if, especially if you like the original show. It's it's just it's just like playing like a couple of episodes of that back to back. Uh, so I highly recommend this game, and I can't really honestly wait to play that again. Um, it's uses that panic engine uh, to a good degree. It makes some nice smart decisions in terms of some of the things that it tweaks uh, you know like the way the Klingon ships operate is really cool the way that you can actually fly and maneuver the Enterprise is really neat um, you know even though it just kind of sits there in the center of the board it still simulates movement um, I highly recommend that game and I think it this one's kind of released now but I think it's going to show up um, you know in a, in a good show at Gen Con so I definitely would take a look at that and definitely sit down for a demo if nothing else. Uh, so the next one is also be it will be available for demo and you depending on when this video actually makes it out I think this will be up before they launch their Kickstarter but I just recorded uh, the other day a preview video for this because um, one of the things you know I don't usually do that but I was like well I would do that at the convention right I don't I don't mind I'll you know if you're gonna show me a demo I'll show you a demo um, and so this is one that they're going to launch soon so it's definitely gonna launch before Gen Con I don't want to give dates because you know I'm not the publisher so they might change the date and but anyway this is fate of the elder gods it's going to be released under the dice hate me uh, greater than games uh, banner and this is designed by Richard Lanius, uh, Chris Kirkman, and Daryl Lauder. Uh, Richard Lanius, of course, famous for Arkham Horror and Defenders of the Realm. And Chris Kirkman and Daryl Lauder, of course, famous for a lot of the games they've done for Dice Hate Me, like uh, Bottle of the Ninth. Uh, and this is a very, very interesting game. So definitely go and watch the preview video for it. I'll probably, by the way, collect all these in kind of a geek list and sort of add stuff to it. And I'll have a link to that here. So if you want to kind of just like monitor that as I add stuff to it, you can, you can watch that. But uh, Fate of the Elder Gods is a Arkham slash, uh, you know, Lovecraft themed game. It's competitive and it has some very interesting and new takes on some things like control worker placement. None of that does it any service when I just talk about mechanics like that. But it has this one thing, and I'll just talk about it, and you can go watch the preview of it uh, when it comes out, is it has this thing called a curse card. And if you think of the crossroad cards, like in Dead of Winter, it's like that, but they're evil, and you can like play them on another player. So once I get a curse, and there's a few ways you can get cursed in the game, you have the player to your left draw the card and read it, and it'll say like, oh, when he gains something on the summoning track, then stop play and then read it and then a bad thing will happen. <laughs> so once you get cursed, you can have multiple curses, 
the player to the left is like waiting, you know, he's like, okay, I got you. Okay, stop. You know, and then he plays the card and then, you know, you get screwed. <laughs> but I mean, that's silly, but that's a really fun mechanic. And the rest of the game is really cool too. But that is just like, okay, that sold me. That's the thing that makes it unique, pushes over the edge. Um, and other than that, it's got some really interesting kind of multi-use card stuff, which of course I like. And um, it feels very much like, I don't know how to explain it. I want to say Cosmic Encounter. But I know people don't like some people don't go in for the whole negotiation stuff. There's none of that in the game. But in terms of like kind of setting yourself up for that combo-y turn where you're like, okay, if I do this, I've got this power, but it, there's a real choice there in that card play, which it does kind of remind me of the cosmic encounter card play, but just loosely. Um, so you've got to say, okay, I've got to do this, I can queue up, I can move the figure over here, start adding guys to this area, send them to Arkham to go grab some artifacts or whatever, and then you know go and get more spell cards and then trigger some spells or queue up some spells and boom 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 i can do another turn and then you know so it's got that kind of stuff to it which i really enjoy so that's fate of the elder gods uh number six is terraforming mars and this one i'm pretty sure it's gonna be for sale i know it'll be for demo uh this one looks very very interesting to me uh, another one of you know, kind of the more Euro-y strategic games that are going to be there, which usually there's not a lot of at Gen Con, but that's more of an Essen thing. But this one looks really cool. It's got this kind of interesting sort of economics in space where you're, you have these companies that are trying to exploit uh, these new resources that are available. So you might try to terraform Mars, you might try to send some folks to the moons of Jupiter, and you get these kind of contract cards in your hand, and then you'll try to develop these and score different, you know, victory points and sort of, I guess, build up a sort of like the diversity of your company, you know, all the kind of the different markets that you can get into. So that sounds very, very cool. And it just seems really neat. and seems like something up my alley uh, in terms of that a little bit more medium heavy strategic uh, types of things. So definitely, I definitely won't have this one before the show. I probably will get it, you know, probably not during, but probably right after the show, I think, you know, talking to Mr. Bonacore there. Um, so we'll see. So I'm curious to hear, hear the feedback about this as well uh, from folks that get a chance to demo it and play it there and maybe even purchase it. So that's Terraforming Mars, definitely high on my list. Uh, number five is The Others, uh, Seven Sins. This is from Cool Me or Not. And this one is, I don't know how to explain this one. So let me start with the theme because that's what gets me into it. And so one of the players will be controlling one of the seven deadly sins from the Bible. And they're gonna be trying to sort of infest their influence uh, in different ways. They're all kind of work a little differently and infest their influence in this in the city. And the players are going to be, you know, the heroes trying to stop that and work against that. But the heroes can also sort of push their luck a little bit and sin a little bit and take on a little bit of corruption to maybe do some cool special effect, but that's going to maybe backfire eventually and it's going to affect this like faith track that they have. So that concept is very interesting. And when you kind of marry that with what the art looks like and the miniatures, it kind of has like a Spawn vibe. If you ever read the old Spawn comic book um, or maybe like a Preacher thing, which I've read the comic book and I'm now watching the show for, but the show was amazing. Not probably better than the comic book, all right. but. I like that kind of vibe. It's kind of an interesting thing where it takes these kind of principalities, right? And then sort of grounds them in this weird, funky world of like heroes and villains and stuff. So I'm very interested in that. And of course, Eric Lang designed it and it has that kind of one versus all type of thing. But again, this is 
sort of coincidental, but I kind of feel like you could play this like um, uh, Siege of the Citadel, where you don't have to play, you know, one person as the overlord all the time. You can take turns playing that. You know, I can play a sloth or a jealousy or whatever. You can play those different things. That sounds like really interesting to me. <laughs> so again, I say I like a little darkness sometimes. This sounds really cool. So again, there's an audaciousness to this, to the just the theme of it and kind of the process of this and how this is actually gonna work. So very much looking forward to this. That's why it's number five. Uh, number four is Gloomhaven. For sure, this is not, this is not gonna be for sale. Uh, looking more probably like an Essen release, I think, at this point. But you can go and demo it. It's going to be definitely more of a final form. I did get a chance to do kind of a pseudo demo and then also record a couple of videos last year uh, for it. And I believe last year the Kickstarter campaign was running or was about to launch. Um, so this is like a legacy dungeon crawl. And it also doesn't have like your typical dungeon crawl mechanics. It's got some interesting things it does with decks of cards and the way that the monsters will behave and react based on the different situations and how far you've progressed and how strong you are and some of the choices that you make. You know, of course, it's a legacy game, so it's going to affect the future campaigns. And it seems like there's a wealth of you know, story and stuff here. Um, my impression is it's not quite as unresettable as other legacy games, though I could be a little bit off on that. There seems to be a little bit of mystery, but of course it's a legacy, so it's hard for the designer and publisher to be like, well, no, you just do this, this, and this, and then, you know, that would be kind of spoiling. So, you know, you know me, I like a good dungeon crawl, and um, so, yeah, I'm very super interested in combining legacy with dungeon crawl, and the mechanics that I've seen from the other videos, uh, looks really cool it's some interesting stuff so that is number four uh, gloomhaven uh, number three which i've reviewed here is cry havoc and this game's awesome i love this game <laughs> um just for reference i give it a nine on a uh, board game geek and i did a review of it you can go watch that i will definitely have a link to that uh, this kind of replaces nexus ops slash kemet sorry rodney uh for me and it really kind of sits in that same space of that quick dudes on the map game um, a lot of people compare it to Blood Rage. I don't understand that, but I would say if you like Blood Rage, you don't necessarily wouldn't like this game, and if you hate Blood Rage, you wouldn't necessarily not like this game. Um, so this takes that, goes into that heavy, uh, you know, niche and that that archetype. Which there's a ton of good games. Kemet and Nexus Ops are awesome games. Still, this didn't make them bad. <laughs> And it goes in there and it kind of tries to compete in that space. Uh, so I definitely recommend folks give this a try. Definitely sit down and demo it there if you're on the fence. And I think necessarily, if you're not like a big war game Ameritrash person, you're more of a Euro person, I'd still give this one a shot. I mean, it's got some area control stuff, obviously, so there's a meanness there. So if you like an El Grande or a, a Tammany Hall or Mission Red Planet or something like that, you could get into this. Because it just has, it's, it's kind of like those games. But it has a lot more thematic, you know, funk thrown into it. A lot of more trash in it, right? So it's got some more of that Space Marine versus the Rock Monster versus that. You know, it's got all that in there. So I would definitely give that one a shot. Um, and you can definitely go watch my review. And uh, and Rodney also did a Watch It Played for it. Uh, watch It Played instructional video. He didn't actually play through it yet. So that was number three. Uh, number two... This is the okay, number two is the game you should march right down to the booth and get because they're from my understanding they're not going to have any hardly and that's Seafall. Um, so you got to get down there and get this game. 
I won't uh, get to this one until after, <laughs> maybe way after, because it is a legacy game. So my probably stance in the review of that is I will probably do a review. I'm not sure how many games it's supposed to last. I think it's about 15. So I maybe play it like two, three times, review it, and then review it again. Pandemic Legacy was a little different where I could sit and play it. And, uh, you know, you can kind of just play through the whole thing. Whereas Seafall, that's gonna, it's just going to take a little bit more time to get there. So that'll probably be kind of a two-review thing. Uh, of course, you know, it's a legacy game designed by Rob Davio. This thing has been in the hopper. It's been in the hotness for like two years. And folks are really hyped about it. Um, I'm not sure which is more hyped, Seafall or Scythe. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a good, interesting, unimportant measurement to make. Um, so obviously I'm super excited about it and I like the idea of exploring a new world. I think that's, that's just ripe for legacy. So you're sort of exploring slash creating this new land or whatever that you're trying to get to. You know, you're setting up kind of permanent outposts maybe semi-permanent as somebody destroys them or they go away, but you're setting up these things to kind of residually affect the game, you know, game after game after game. Uh, so it should be really cool. And I, you know, I'm really excited to, to hear what folks have to say about it and, uh, and play it myself, of course, and try to get that, uh, you know, get a constant group playing with that one. Okay. And my number one, uh, you know, a little sneak, secret here when i did my top 10 anticipated games of 2016 my number one and two are the same uh my number one is star trek ascendancy now when i did the top anticipated games of 2016 as a whole i really had no idea how star trek ascendancy worked there was very little information about it at all other than it was gale force 9 who let's see uh, six out of seven times makes an awesome game <laughs> and uh, you know Star Trek and it was a 4x game and you know there was kind of civilization the type of stuff where there's tech trees and stuff so that's all I knew so I was like yep okay that's that's definitely I'm excited and also was the sort of format that they're gonna release it in so I believe the original box has three factions so it plays three-player but then expansions are just like new factions. It's like, okay, now you can play four player. Now you can play five player. Now you can play six player. Now you can play eight player. And it's all these different factions. I like that. I like that module. Cause you could get into the base game, play it. If you don't like it, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to buy anymore. But if you do like it, you can kind of slowly just add the new factions to it. I think it's, so it's Federation, Klingon, Romulans, Vulcans, Ferengi. I don't remember all the other different ones that they're gonna end up being in. I think they've got planned up to eight, maybe more. Um, but now the rules are out as well. And this sounds like a very, very interesting, different type of 4X space game. Now it's not like hexes or grids or anything that you're you're used to. It has this concept of space lanes. So you kind of have to set up a three by three square. Everybody has their little home world. You've got some different planets around that you can kind of explore and you kind of set up, you know, trading uh, with these planets. So it really reminds me of and I hate to switch themes on you because it's just because I'm more familiar with the Star Wars theme. I know a lot of this in the early sort of Star Trek extended universe is in there, but it's kind of like the first initial, you know, exploration of the Federation and the Vulcans and the Klingons, you know, as we're establishing 
relationships with these different races, you know, setting up trade, setting up just the ability to, to travel through, you know, the different kind of hyperspace lanes. I know that's a Star Wars thing, but in the Star Wars world, there was this old like hyperspace wars, you know, before the Jedi and the Jedi kind of were discovered out of that. And it's a whole big deal. But I like that concept because that's, that's kind of where we should be maybe in a thousand years or hopefully less, but where we're trying to figure out how to maneuver space and how to, you know, use gravity to help us travel through all these different lanes, so to speak. And so part of that is this. And so I like, that's cool. That's a really neat thing. That's something that uh, nobody's really uh, done before. And it's got kind of a nice streamlined trading mechanism where, you know, instead of just, you know, haggling for an hour, you can trade cards and then you start generating resources for each other. Um, and so it's just got a lot of different interesting uh, mechanics in there in terms of how everything is going to work. So not only is it kind of, you know, the Star Trek familiar theme and, uh, you know, the 4X and the modular stuff is going to be cool, but it does sound like a, a really fresh and unique take on that genre. You still have some tech trees and some cards that you can do and you kind of develop your civilization and all that stuff. So I'm super excited about that one. Um, so that is my top 20. Like I said, barring any fantasy flight awesomeness <laughs> that comes out. Um, and there's a ton of other games that, that sound interesting and you know, I'm going to miss seeing folks there and I'm going to miss seeing Lance. I'm going to miss seeing Rodney and uh, Marty and Matt and, and Chaz and Tom and all those media folks. I'm going to miss seeing all the other folks like Rob and um, Alan and, and uh, Ignacy and those other folks that we play a, a game with. Uh, I'm, I'm missing my World Cup game. So anyway, so it's, it's good. It's, it's all good. It's not a bad thing. Um, so I hope everybody has a good time and stay safe. And anyway, so that's it. So have a good time. Thanks.